This episode is proudly sponsored by Chronologic. By the time you contact a buyer with calls and emails, someone using Chronologic has already held the meeting. Learn more about how to harness the power of AI scheduling at scale. Visit chronologic.com at the link in the show notes. Someone thought, wow, I bet if we just put everyone in the Slack group, they would all be best friends and they would share best practices forever and it would just run Duh, of course. <laughs> no, it does not work. I'm Scott Logan, and we're Making Fun of Marketing. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining the Making Fun of Marketing podcast. We know you all have a hard job on the sales and marketing side, so we hope this is a bright spot for your week. We have with us Nisha Baxi, who runs the Gong Visioneers community and sits on the Customer Success Leadership Team at Gong. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. So uh, it seems like more and more, the community part of a company is becoming an actual job. Like it's an actual thing that do full time. And you kind of laugh because you're like, how could you do this as a side gig? But maybe you could explain to us a little bit about how you got into this uh, to give people maybe a vision of how this even started for you. Yeah, totally. Over 10 years ago, um, I was running a community meetup group for fun. It was called SV New Tech. We had 15,000 members in it. and startups would actually come and do a live demo of their product. It was typically B2C and we'd have like two, 300 people come every single month. And I just loved it. I loved being in the middle of this like cool startup ecosystem and hunting and finding really awesome companies to share and get feedback. And some really early companies actually launched at that meetup, like Nebo, SlideShare, you send it, like this is very old. And actually Zimride before it became Lyft, which is really, really cool. Wow. Um, and so I was just doing that for fun. And and then I someone from Microsoft a, approached me in 2010 and just said, hey, like, did you know, like, we would pay you to do this as your full time job. So and that's kind of how I got got started. It was all um, just me being passionate about something and then another company seeing the value in that. So side project. And then 15,000 yeah. members with hundreds of people joining consistently. Yeah. That seems like more than just a side project. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even side. It was passion. I didn't get paid anything. Like, it was just something I wanted to do. Is This was before there was even TechCrunch Disrupt, if you believe it. I'm just like, my age is now showing, like, if you can see my white hair. Um, but it was definitely something that I cared about. I felt like people had really great apps and ideas, and they wanted to get feedback from other people that they knew, that they trusted, that was in the ecosystem, that had been in Silicon Valley for a really long time. and that's what it was for me. And when I realized that I could utilize those skills to help further product adoption, to get developers, to build to build products and use our API. And then eventually that kind of led to, oh my gosh, like, you know, 10 years later, like the market recognizes that there's a need for a person to build and run a community because it can actually help with marketing and sales and customer success and product and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. So we'll get into a little bit in a minute about how that gets yep. built up. Um, a quick story to share on when I was first in a campaign manager role at a demand, in a demand gen function. And we had just started, this was 2011-ish, and uh, we just moved over to Eloqua. And they had a Eloqua community and it had just started. They're using this platform for it. And in that platform, 
you would get points basically in, in bonus forms for these points that you would accumulate by doing certain things for the platform, like write a review on this site, write a review on that site, give us customer feedback on this new function we just added. And I became so obsessed with this whole process that I had like blown through to be in the top five or top three for a while. I was number one uh, on the leaderboard. And my boss came over to me after I had like the more difficult challenges to now complete where it's like, we need to do a case study. We need to do a video. We need to present at one of their conferences. And she's like, okay, so you're doing a good job. But I think this community is distracting you from what you're doing. And let's focus a little bit less on that. And let's focus more on your job. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I I can back (laughs) off that. And I stopped caring about the leaderboard and checking it all the time and and trying to get up there. But the cool thing was, is that this community, we were striving to try and find this new content for new best practices and new ways to do things, which we were even finding solutions in the platform that the people making out weren't even able to to figure out or weren't down that path enough. And uh, it became an obsessive thing for lots of people. And uh, I think that's where back in the day at those conferences before it was acquired uh, would have thousands of people at it. And it was like a no brainer. You're going to go to that show. You're going to meet people. You're going to get a next job. You're going to learn best practices. You're going to bring home things that will transform what you do. And um, that for me was really cool. Uh, aside from getting the soft little touch to say, "Hey, uh, yeah. it's not your job to do that," but very cool that <laughs> that can, you can do that, though. Rod, I learned something about you. You are uh, you're very competitive. <laughs> I started as a skills rep, so it's it's like ingrained in me. Community is really sticky. I think it depends on you know what it is that you're building and why you're trying to do it. Um, it sounds to me like the that company Eloqua was using a customer advocacy platform, and that's very much you know part of a marketing motion. And the idea is to you know kind of gamify it to get people to really step up and and be evangelists of the brand in their own way. So I think that's really awesome, and it's so great to hear that it worked with you. Touched on something with the gamification. Have you used gamification in any of your communities, or seen it work really well in other ones that you're trying to maybe strive for? Yeah, I mean, it works with certain people and it depends on what they're trying to achieve. But yeah, we have a point system in the community, in the Visioneer community. Salesforce actually does this really well. You you get different badges if you've completed certain tasks. Um, There's super badges that you can earn and then there's even ranks. So based on however many badges that you have and what you've accomplished, that there's different ranks. Um, So yeah, I mean, the, the best way that I've seen this done is Salesforce Trailhead. And theirs is a combination of they do community and they do um, education and training. It's a whole big thing. I mean, in a broader sense, it's all about connecting customers um, and making sure your customers have the best experience with your platform. And that will always um, be very cross-functional. So many teams will touch the customer journey and customer lifecycle. Yeah, I like how you keyed on. It depends on your persona that you're going after. I can see if you sell like uh, cybersecurity or manufacturing goods, you know, you have a bunch of engineers or network engineers or CISOs. They're probably not going to dive at the fact that they can like get a badge or something. But perhaps there's something you can dangle in front as a carrot that that can get them more engaged. I'm, uh, I'm assuming you just kind of have to experiment to find it, I guess. 
A little bit. I mean, there's some experimentation, but when I launched the uh, the community, it was actually called the Gong Community when I launched it a year and a half ago, was I actually interviewed the people that would be uh, in the community, like the top people that we wanted. And I would say, we're thinking about building this thing. How would it help you? What is it you want? What motivates you? Just asking all the questions and then basically reverse engineered the platform based on what it is that they wanted. Like you never build a company without product market fit. And similarly, you never create a community without yeah. community market fit. So I had to go through that discovery and understand and learn and and figure out what it is that they wanted. And so that's how we built the community. And that's why it's it's working and it's successful. The way that I think about it is, is there are like three things you could do. You could say, okay, well, these are all the things that is possible in the platform. Um, and then these are all the things that we want as a business. This is like the goals that we have and how the community can help. But then these are all of the things that our customers in the community actually want and could use. And so when I just aligned everyone and I said, if we just ignore these two pieces and we just do what our community members want, our customers want, is that enough? Do you agree that this is the most important thing? Everyone was like, yeah, of course. And so that's that's how the the community was born. And that's how all communities should be born, to be honest, if you want them to, to work. So speaking of bringing to life a community. You have a yes. Mythbusters statement that you can give and we should dive into, I think. Well, my background, so just a little context. So my background is in marketing. And when I joined Gong, the community sat in customer success. Huh, you wonder why. And so it actually, it depends on the company's size and what you're trying to achieve, whether it should sit in marketing or somewhere else. So the framework that I use is, are you trying to build a pre-sale community or post-sale community mm -hmm. so pre-sale community is hey like we we want to be evangelists of our brand people don't know that this is a thing i'm building a category so when you're building a category as a startup you think about content and you think about community yeah. so you need to create a community of like-minded people to connect on that topic so a great startup that's doing this now is, is pocus with product like growth and so they have a whole community of people that care about product-led growth and they talk yeah. about that. And that very squarely sits in marketing and that makes sense. And now for Gong, now we've got thousands of customers and our customers are telling us, well, we want to be able to connect with other people that are exactly like me and that also use Gong. And so in that sense, it makes sense to have it in customer success because now, I, now that you've already, your marketing worked. Good job, marketing. You got people to buy Gong, like your why worked, your what worked, but now your customers are asking how, and they want to hear from the voice of the, another customer like themselves. How do we actually use this product? Yeah. And so that's why it sits in customer success. So it's that level of authenticity um, is, is needed. And when it sits in customer success, then it actually ties very nicely um, into the whole, the whole story. I like how I knew who you were speaking to. Marketing always needs their egos boosted. So good job, marketing. You got them in. Now let's <laughs> actually take this where the customer voice is on, on your side. And the other side of making fun of marketing is making marketing the fun part of your job and taking that community away. That's the fun part. So don't take this away from us. If there is one thing that I could add that Absolutely. I think is very important. Community is about belonging and you always want to create belonging, but this is a business that you're running. And so there's a book called The Business of Belonging that talks about how you need to think about 
the programs, initiatives, everything that you're doing, and how does that track to your broader business goals? So when you're putting all of this together, you have to think about what are the metrics that I'm going to track that is going to ladder up to our broader business goals? So I use a framework called SPACES. So that stands for support, product, acquisition, content, engagement, and success. Like basically each of those has a KPI. So I think about case deflection, dollars saved. I think about number of product features and requests that have come in through the community. Um, the number of pieces of like content from the voice of the customer that come out. Um, our, the NDR impact, the influence that we have within the community, how much people upsell, all of that. All of those are numbers. Yes, community is like fun and it can be like really cute, but it doesn't mean anything if you know it's not laddering up to your business goals. And it, and the thing is, it is spread out across all of divisions of your company, right? It really, if community is done right, it will scale your entire company. It will scale all of your go-to-market and your product team as well. I love that you had a whole breadth of the most important marketing sales and success metrics in that grouping as well. Like you said, it impacts the whole business to grow the whole business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So one thing that you mentioned for starting things out is getting those uh, customer stories documented and compiling those together and sharing those and then pulling the people who have those stories together. As far as like starting the actual community, how do you you know, best form that starting point and then move it from that starting point into something that can kind of like take off. I think that's kind of the thing that's the hardest is the one just getting it going and where do you start? And then the second thing is once you have something established, how do you then like make it explode? As you explain that, I think about like a champions program, there right? Like the tippy tippy top, if you, if you look at like all the, all of your customers and all the people like in a pretty funnel, there's like this breadth space where there's all these people and there's a lot of potential inertia yeah. energy like this very much feels like the community at the tippy tippy top is like the advocacy the champions like this to me feels like a very strong case for customer marketing for customer advocacy yeah. is these are the people that we want to be evangelists for us to speak on behalf of us at conferences to take the center stage at our own conference yeah. there's a lot of gives and gets right yeah. but the idea is that the people and the breadth people, like the, this is the community that, that I get to run at Gong, is eventually we want all of them to kind of look at yeah. this at the tippy tippy top and be this. But there are people that have potential here. And so the way that you do that is you say, all right, tippy tippy top people. I've never said that before in that way, but whatever. In the context, it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. In the context, it makes a lot of sense. But people at the tippy tippy top, like, Share as much as you can with everyone so that all these people here at the bottom can learn and grow and benefit and then see what you're able to do and say, wow, you know what? One day I want to be exactly like Sophie. She is amazing. She does all of these different things on behalf of Gong and she's built this amazing brand and I want to be just like her. One thing that stands out with budgets evaporating for most folks, especially in the marketing team where our budgets were huge and now it's like, well, you get a fraction of that. What's the yeah. part that works? And adding a community platform might fall to the bottom of the list, especially if you don't have sure. the community built yet. At what point do you need to have something to help facilitate that? Because I'm, I'm actually really interested in your answer on this too. Yeah, absolutely. People have been gathering for thousands and thousands and thousands of years without a community platform. 
And it's still possible. We have a lot of free options and solutions for community. A lot of community professionals don't like the idea of people using Slack. Mm. I think if you have a person that is dedicated to being able to facilitate conversations and connect people to each other, I think it's perfectly fine to use a tool like that. And if people are asking, you know, if, you're, if you want to start a best practice community and you have a person dedicated to doing that, and if someone shares a great tip, then literally copy and paste that tip, put it in a Word doc and say, here are FAQs. And that's free. Like, and you can also, you know, have different channels with people, different personas, and they can connect to each other. Um, I think that that is totally possible. There's, but I think the idea is just start small connect like-minded people to each other the worst thing you can do and by the way gong did this like four years ago and that's why they decided they needed somebody like me was because we had a customer advisory board and all of these people were so excited and jazz and fired up we're like we love gong this is so great like we all want to stay in touch we all want to connect each other and someone thought wow i bet if we just put everyone in the slack group they would all get connected and they would all be best friends and they would share best practices forever and it would just run on its own. Duh, of course. <laughs> no, it isn't. Well, not work. Yeah, because you need to you need to engage people through content, through discussions, through incentives, through programming. And all of that is is key. And that's why I say one dedicated person because it has to be something that is organic, but you have to give somebody something to do. You yeah. can't just be like go to the park. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to the park. Yeah, I'll like swing on the swings and then I'll play. But if you're like, hey, we're going to do a relay race at 1030, then everyone's like, yeah. Then you get more people that are coming to the park because they want to be part of this relay race or three-legged race or whatever it is that you that you planned. And that's how you get traction. And it takes a marketing brain to put that together. <laughs> but it doesn't mean you have to be in marketing, which is so weird, right? Isn't that so counterintuitive? Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and I like the scrappiness of it because I almost think that, especially when you're just yeah. starting out, the scrappiness of, oh, I can just join a Google Doc that they sent me and just dump a bunch of good ideas or maybe have it be its own like Reddit thing or something where you just kind of share within your small group of people yeah. that you're starting with to kind of create that camaraderie. So uh, yeah. I love that advice. Yeah. That's That's fantastic. Well, there are so many awesome nuggets of information there that can be taken away. So I'm going to try to summarize them here from what we discussed. When you're building the community, interview all your top customers first and find out what they care about, what they want to talk about, how they want to meet, how they want to communicate, what's going to be most beneficial to them. Figure out if it should live in marketing or in customer success based on how it's going to impact the business. And then Start small, start scrappy, use everything from Slack to Google Docs to whatever it is that makes it easy for people to, to meet. I can't wait for the content to come out from this so that we can actually start to implement some of these things yeah. here at Chronologic. This is a fantastic discussion. Thank you so much, Nisha. Well, thanks for joining this Making Fun of Marketing podcast with Nisha Baxi from Gong. We've got more exclusive content from our guests where you find this podcast. Hope to get a five-star review and subscribe to learn more. Chronologic.com forward slash podcast. Thank you so much.